I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Welcome back. Oh. <laughs> Man. What kind of episode are we running here? What <laughs> operation is this? <laughs> it's clearly one where um, I didn't sleep much last night and then, you know, I got up early and worked it all day, yeah. you know. Well, and actually... 10.20. That's late for us. It is. This is, you know, we're grandmas. Yeah. Um, actually, it's so funny. This just speaks to my exhaustion. But I was talking to Haley um, before we started recording. And I said, oh, I'm just going to run to the restroom. And I got, like, spooked, like, freaked out a little because <laughs> I saw someone in my peripheral vision sitting in my little one. I bought him this cute little um, chair. It's a Pottery Barn chair. It's adorable, but I got it on consignment um, for 10 bucks, which nice. is a steal. Yes. But anyway, I saw something sitting in the chair in my peripheral vision, and it was that damn Cocomelon doll. <laughs> so my little one is obsessed with this show called Cocomelon. This is not a plug, but he loves the show. And my mother got him this little doll, um, and it's one of the characters. His name's JJ. And so I guess earlier today I was just cleaning up, and I put the doll in the chair and kind of forgot I did. And as I was walking by, I saw it in my peripheral vision. I'm like, what the? And uh, it's just the doll. It's kind of like Chucky, though. Yeah, I'm sitting here making eye contact with it currently. Oh, no, you can't do that. Uh, it just makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Don't make eye contact with him. Okay. Yeah, I Go wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, I already brought my ghost into your house. I know, because my lamp was flickering. Yeah. Um, I, so I love lamp light. I'm no, not big on too. overhead light, um, which we have my kitchen overhead light on. But, you know, I like just, it's the therapist that, in me. Yeah, that ambient I like, light. Like, I love the ambient lighting. Like, I feel like it helps tell these stories, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started flickering, and I was like, Haley, did you bring your ghost to my house? And she said, yes. She confirmed. Um, yeah. So if the Cocomelon doll comes to life. I'm out, man. Oh, we're all out. <laughs> we're all out. Like, it can have the house. We will just leave. It's okay. Yeah. No, the ghost activity in my apartment has increased exponentially since the last time we were together. I thought you said it decreased. Oh, no, no. It increased. Huh. Is he moving... Like, out of the kitchen into other rooms? Yes. We have graduated from the kitchen. Um, things are moving in my apartment now. Like, I either have, like, the world's worst burglar or hmm. just a real sassy ghost. I feel like it's a sassy I ghost. Think so, too. Because things I'm like, or I'm just, my ADHD kicks in real hard. Hmm. And I just forget where I put things. Which is also a total possibility. But the other, I've just... More and more seeing things out of, like, the corner of my eye, like, in my peripheral vision. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's just somebody over there. And then I'm like, I live alone. <laughs> so there's that. And then the other night I was laying in my bed and my dog just starts growling towards our living room. And I was like, well, that's never a good sign. So I just kind of, like, rolled over and said, nah, whatever. Hope there's not an intruder. 
and then saw like I want to call it an orb but I don't know like fly across my bedroom the other night and again I'm not as alarmed about this as I think I should be mm -hmm. because I just was like nah, and kind of rolled back over and went to bed because I always kind of chalk it up I'm like oh, I'm just seeing things I'm tired. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. But it's just weird little things like that. Yeah. But I'm not like, it's not like a bad energy. Maybe just a, hey, I'm here. Just like a, hey. But I think Bill has learned, if you're new here, Bill's my ghost. I think Bill has learned that I, that I know about him. Like, he knows about me. I know about him. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to, like, merge planes. Interesting. Which I don't love because I was cool when Bill was on like his plane of existence. I was on mine. We both lived in the same area but didn't really interact. I think maybe he found out that it wasn't going to work between you and Bigfoot. That was an episode we talked about a while back. Maybe. That Haley has an odd obsession for Bigfoot and I that do. they could marry. I really love so Bigfoot. maybe if it doesn't work out with Bigfoot, the ghost is hoping now that you're on the same planes that. See. You know? But this could work because somebody like Bill would be the ideal. He doesn't pay rent. That sucks. Mm, this is true. So he doesn't pay any bills. How uh, Bill doesn't pay bills. However. But he's not around a whole lot. Exactly. Well, he's kind of around always. Right, but I don't see him. Right. Or notice him. Or notice right. his existence. Right. He just appears randomly. Yeah. Which is fine with me. That's Typical I man, though. You're trying to, like, roll over and go to bed, and he's like, uh, hey... Hey, I'm here. Hello. Uh, you, you know, uh, so if you want to, you know, no. like, Bill, just go back into the kitchen. Yeah, just go live in the kitchen yeah. for a while. And he does. He I does. mean, That's it's very at. respectful. I like that. Right. That's why I said, you know, my ideal would be if I wasn't into true crime, like a long haul trucker. Right. But since we're into, you know... True crime, and we hear so much about the trucking. It's just <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. Which is really unfortunate, because there were so many lovely truckers out there. I know. It is so unfortunate. Many good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, not around a whole lot. Takes off for weeks or months at a time. Yeah, the piece is nice, Just I think. shows up mm -hmm. randomly. It's like, hey! Yeah. Just enough for you to like them. Right. You know, and say, we have a solid marriage. <laughs> A solid foundation. We have a really solid marriage because I call the shots and he's not here. And you never see you. Mm-hmm. That's ideal. Yeah. People, I like it. People say, is he a ghost? And you're like, well, as a matter of fact. Actually, yes. He is. <laughs> oh, it's like that movie Ghost. You're going to probably do some, like, pottery scene or something. I love pottery. I took pottery class in college. Okay. Um, so tell me what we got this week. <laughs> I'm so glad we transitioned from that. <laughs> All right, Miss Haley. So this week we are traveling back to August of 1970. Love it. Yes. So the number one song oh, was Close to You by The Carpenters. I love The Carpenters. I love them. Bars. Okay. <clears throat> Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Not a clue. Just like me. Nope. They long to be close to you. No. Really? Nothing. Oh, my God. So, you know, growing up, 
in the early 80s and you know my parents loved like 70s yacht rock you know so we listened to the carpenters a lot we had uh, <laughs> you're gonna laugh uh we had the record player so we would play oh, the carpenters yeah oh i love that you say your grandma has it <laughs> um but we had the we also had it compact disc you know um oh i know wow um, no, not compact disc, cassettes, sorry. It was a cassette record player, really mm. awesome. Anyway, but we would play the Carpenters all the time. And I love the Carpenters. Her voice was amazing. And I don't do it any justice. Number one, I have a cold. Number two, I'm just not a singer, so there you go. <laughs> I thought it was lovely. Uh-huh. Thanks. Uh, you're stuck with me, so you have to. Um, and then also going on, singer Jim Morrison was actually at this time going on trial in Miami, Florida um, for committing lewd and lascivious behavior. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which is not surprising. I mean, come on, he's a musician. Um, <laughs> of the late 60s, early right, 70s. Right, yeah, that's um, And then on August 7th, there was actually a shootout um, in the Marin Courthouse in San Rafael, California, which killed four people, including the judge who was presiding over Jeez. one of the cases. Yeah. So, actually, listening to that, I was like, gosh, I want to research that. But then, you know, it's kind of out of our scope. Yeah. Um, but still, I found that really interesting. Right. Now, in, and I've got to say this right because I'm going to butcher it, all right? Algonquit, Algonquit, Maine. Now, this is a beachside area. Okay. Um, and it currently, and it was back in the 70s too, an area where people love to go in the summer and vacation. Gorgeous, like seaside, had a lot of hotels, a lot of condos, just really gorgeous area. And you don't really think of like seaside as being Appalachia. Well, no, but you know, the Appalachian Trail right. runs through Maine. Yeah. So yeah, I while you know we're here on the coast, it's still a state that the Appalachian Trail runs through. So mm. I included it. Let's do it. I like Let's, it. All right. I love Thank it. you. I appreciate that. Just go with me here. I love it. Uh, pretty it. soon, uh, we're gonna take that Appalachian Trail so far that we'll be like. We're in Alaska this week. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Took a hard left. I don't know if you guys knew this, but it actually, yeah. So we'll see. Okay. So we're in this area called Little Beach. Um, and there is a family who is vacationing. They actually own um, a condo on the beach and they go there every summer. Um, it is a mom and her three daughters, Jane, Nancy, and her youngest daughter, uh, Mary Catherine. We'll just call her Mary for this okay. thing. So Mary, um, at this time, is 13 years old. She is the daughter of Peter. Um, and her last name, and I'm going to, again, I'm probably going to butcher her last name as well. Her last name was Olenchuk. Olenchuk. Olenchuk, like yes. So her father, Peter Olenchuk, was a brigadier general. What does that mean? In the Air Force. So I looked oh, that up okay. as well. It's a very high rank. Oh. It's a very high ranking official in Fancy. the Air Force. Fancy. Yes. Yes. Um, and her mother had actually worked in the 40s and 50s um, in politics, and she had kind of a big career. The couple um, married in 1946 and then subsequently had the three children. Mary was the youngest, and by this point in 1970, she is 13 years old. 
She was born November 18th of 56. Okay. So she and her mother and two sisters were vacationing um, in August, in May. Her father wasn't able to go with them because he was working in Maryland. Okay. And I'll get to in a minute kind of the operation that he was working on. Um, but nonetheless, um, the family had been spending time on August 9th at the beach. It was a Sunday, kind of laid back day. So the family was just enjoying walking on the beach, you know, just laying in the sun, playing in the ocean, all the things that you do at the beach. Right. And actually just thinking about this to me sounds... I'm like ready to go. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a, to me, a calmness that you have when you're at the beach. Mm-hmm. Just that... Oh, I know. It's feeling. like you can breathe again. It just feels like the ocean can take away all your, like, stress. You know? I don't know. I feel like it can hold it for some reason. So... um. Mary and her mother and siblings um, were getting ready to go back into the house because um, they were planning on going into town. And Mary said, you know, Mom, can I go ahead? Can I just, you know, because she wanted to go into town to get the Sunday New York Times. Oh. Um, and she wanted to get a pack of gum. Okay. And she was like, Mom, can I just, like, go ahead of you guys? And so her mom was like, all right, all right. So Mary goes back into the condo and she changes her clothes because she wasn't like her beach clothes, right. you know, so you want to get the sand off you well, and everything. Well, she's 13. She wants this little piece of independence, like... Exactly. I'm going to town by myself. And to be fair, I mean, this was actually kind of a small area. Yeah. A lot of people knew each other. Even the travelers knew each other, you know, because they were usually the same families that came every summer. And so I think it was the 70s. It was a simpler time. So the mom was probably like, yeah, sure. Right. We'll see you there. Whatever. We'll right. meet you in town. So Mary goes back in the house and she changes her clothes. She puts on a pair of faded pink Wrangler shorts. Love it. And a long white t-shirt that had written on it, Andrews Air Force Base. Obviously her father was in the military. Mm-hmm. So um, so she puts this on and she decided that she didn't want to walk the half mile to town um instead she went into the neighbor's backyard now she, she wasn't a theft she wasn't a thief she wasn't a thief <laughs> she wasn't a thief not a theft she didn't commit theft um she actually borrowed uh their bike oh okay but they had a standing agreement that she could use it whenever she needed oh, okay. to yeah yeah so it wasn't like she was like ah, so i'm gonna take know. this bike i'm just gonna steal this bike and get some gum like me with my tomatoes last week i know that's terrible that's just terrible even this week? Even this week, I feel bad mm, about it. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to donate to charity. We'll process that later. Thanks. You're welcome. No <laughs> problem. All right, so she takes the bike, um, and she makes her way towards town. So as she's going through town, um, she is waving to some of the locals and some of the vacationers that she knows, families that she's seen time and time again, um, and they wave back to her, and she's going towards town. Now, she ends up going to several different shops. Um, She gets her New York Times, and then she buys her gum. It took her about an hour. Okay. Because she had left the beach at about 4, and when she finally gets her gum, it's around 5 o'clock. So she's headed back on the main um, trek, and this is an area called Israel Head Road. So the, this is like the like the main strand of where like the um, hotels are, where the beach is, where um, a lot of the seaside houses are. And so a lot of people see her at this point coming back. Right. 
So she's making her way back. Um, and meanwhile, an elderly woman who was staying at the Lookout Hotel um, went out to her balcony, as she usually did, to go and look at the seaside, which was across the way. Directly below was a view of the street in kind of an alleyway. She notices a young girl on a bike um, with long red hair wearing pink shorts and a white t-shirt that said, you know, Andrews Air Force Base. Um, and she notices the girl kind of pedaling along while a maroon car comes up and stops and starts talking like out the passenger window. And she's just like, she kind of pays attention, but doesn't, you know, it could be kind of anything. She doesn't know who the young lady is. Um, But then she looks back and the young lady like abandons the bike and then gets in the passenger seat. And she looks and she sees that it's a man who's driving. Um, She says that he appears probably in his 30s. Um, She says something to note Uh, He was wearing dark clothes, and he is, quote, not a hippie. Okay. You gotta think. What a description, man. You gotta think. This is an older woman. Yeah. You know, those darn hippies. And hippies were very (laughs) popular of that time period, you know, late 60s, early 70s. My dad was a hippie. Oh, my gosh. I'd love to see pictures. This is the long ponytail. Gotta see pictures of that. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll get you some, Valeria. Your dad has, like, short silver hair now, so it'd be really interesting to see your dad as a hippie. Anyway, I digress. Um, Nonetheless, so she thought, like, oh, you know, this girl seems to know whomever this is, so she thought maybe this is her dad, maybe this is a family friend, and it was near dinner time, so she was thinking, like, oh, probably just picking her up to take her back, you know, to have dinner or whatever. She also noted that it was around a 1967 Chevy. That was kind of her best guess. But why leave the bike? Yeah. That's weird. It is weird, right? Like, if it was the neighbor's bike, you would have thought, you know, she knew him, be like, hey, can I put my bike in your trunk? Right, if anything. Yeah. Or maybe, I mean, God knows what was said, you know, like, oh, no, I'll bring you right back, or... Um, can you help me find this road and I'll drop you back off or who knows? Yeah, maybe. But I mean, now people said that she, Mary, was a type of person who just wouldn't go with anybody. Like she had to know them. Like she just, she wouldn't talk to someone that she didn't know. Right. She was old enough to know. Right. At 13. Yeah. For sure. Um, So, meanwhile, her mother and sisters are coming back in from the beach, and they're washing off, getting all the sand off, and her mother notices that she's not back yet. So, her mother asks her sisters, like, have you seen her? Is she in the house somewhere? She was, like, calling out. Nothing. Um, So, she ends up going to the neighbors and, like, asking the neighbors by 6 p.m., you know, she's still not home. And so mom basically canvasses the neighborhood and is, like, asking everybody, yeah. and no one's seen her. By 7 p.m., she's still not back, and she reports her missing to the police. Good. Yes. Her. Now, Mary was five foot three. She was about 80 pounds, had, like I said, long red hair. She had freckles, and she was actually barefoot. Okay. So she was riding the bike. She was barefoot, which, I mean... You're in a beach town. Yeah. Like, it's, you know. It is what it is. She's a kid. She's young. Exactly. You know, it wasn't the no shirt, no shoes, no service. Right, you know, right. it's probably like, oh, whatever. Um, 
so that being said, um, her father was called um, because, you know, mom was terrified. Yeah. So mom calls dad and says, Mary's missing. And dad, who is in Virginia working, is allowed to have leave, and he comes up to Maine. Now, not only do the police get involved, but the FBI get involved. Why? And the military police. Well, I'm glad you asked. So, as I mentioned, her father was a pretty high official in the military, right? So, her dad was actually involved in something called Operation Chase. That sounds super familiar. I think I should know what that is. So, I had no idea. So, I looked that up. Two days before she went missing, on August 7th, um, Brigadier General Peter Olinchuk, her dad, um, actually was put in charge of this case. So, what Operation Chase was, Chase stood for Cut Holes and Sink em. Okay. What so, an acronym. Exactly, right? <laughs> um, so this was actually, they, the government was taking nerve gas from different bases in Alabama and Kentucky, and they were removing it and taking it through, like driving it through multiple states, and then putting it on a ship called Liberty, which they would take out 280 miles off Cape Kennedy, and they would sink it. Okay, so they're just getting rid of their nerve gas? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, here's the thing. There were big protests from the states that they would be driving through. Because, you know, you have to think about the time period. This was a time when people were protesting, like, the bomb and nuclear kind of stuff. And they, they didn't want this. And so there were actually threats made against some of these officers' families. Yikes. Yeah, people were like really angry about this so this maybe gave some validity to the oh my we probably need to get the fbi maybe military police involved because it could have to do with dad's operation well we live near a um there is actually a nuclear plant in tennessee that they transport material through here you see the big trucks with the they have like the blue cages around them. They're like white. They have like white. They almost look like white tubes in the middle, and they have like big blue cages. I think it's from them, but there's like it's always hmm. some type of like toxic. It has like a symbol on the back, and you can like look up the code. Oh my god! And see what it is. That's like my favorite thing to do on like road trips. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look up like what what type of dangerous chemical is here. And then drive like hell past them. Yeah. So, like, I mean, most counties, especially around here that are on that route, have, like, hazardous material emergency plans. Hmm. For, like, if there was a spill, if, like, a truck overturned. Yeah. Like, how do you respond? Like, what's your perimeter? Like, it's a whole thing. interesting. It's a whole thing. It's funny because, honestly, I've never even really thought of that. It sounds terrible on my part, but. Yeah really thought about that but now i will yeah think about that when you see you'll you'll notice the trucks now yeah i will more so than you because they're everywhere i mean i see i am usually the driver mm-hmm. on road trips because i detest road trips i really do <laughs> i'm not a good traveler um unless i'm driving then i'm okay um so i'm usually bebopping along to music and yeah. like let's get there i'm yeah. much better to fly because i'd like to just get there right yeah yeah um uh, 
Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so it actually took two days for the public to hear about this, um, for word to get out. And okay. here's why. Because the police and the family were thinking that they would get some kind of ransom call. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I get that. But yeah, you've lost two days of somebody possibly being on the road with her. Right. And nobody looking for her. Right. Well, no, I think they were looking. They just didn't advertise it to the press. So the public didn't know that she was missing. No. So, yeah, you've lost... Well, I mean, yes, that's true. Right. But, I mean, the, the, the police, police were, were still looking. searching. Yes, right, yes, right, right. exactly. But you're not getting any help from, like, exactly. you're not getting the Amber Alerts, that, which I guess wasn't really a thing That the wasn't a thing then. But the, like, you know... The help of the community, right, the support right. of the community, the, exactly. The people who knew her and had seen her, and if they were like, oh, yeah, I saw her at the gas station right outside of town. Right, right. I mean, they would I be I saw like, that maroon car. Right. They wouldn't mm-hmm. know that they were supposed to be looking for it. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, a ransom call never came. Okay. And after two days, they finally went public with it um, and announced it to the media, which this was covered from Delaware to Canada. So, it kind of spanned that area. Um, and people now were on the case and on the hunt. Um Suddenly, an operator, a phone operator, reported that a man had called her from a payphone and declared that he had Mary Catherine and um, she should notify the police. She thought that he was drunk, that it was just ramblings of a drunk man. Uh, But she did pass this on to the police and the police said, well, what we'll do is we'll make a plan to arrest him and like track him if he's going to call again, you know. Um, but there was never a call again. Did they at least go to where he called the first time to, like, scope there, it out? You know, there wasn't really information on that. Yikes. I think that they almost took it as, yes, it was probably a drunk rambling. Well, I mean, even if it was, you still go look. I agree. And maybe they did. I just, that wasn't right. reported. Uh, on August 13th, the FBI... Uh, was searching through just like abandoned cars and buildings, just whatever they could to search. They'd gone like door to door. They even enlisted helicopters, aerial, you know, to be able to do some aerial yeah. searches. They were going through woods. Um, and the family was devastated. Um, yeah. Torn apart. I mean, this is their youngest child, you know. And I, I think, you know, as the parent, you would probably be thinking like, oh my gosh, has my job put my child at risk? Right, or like, you know, what if I hadn't let her go by herself? Exactly. Or, I mean, and there's a thousand different... Oh my gosh. Things. A million things that you would be thinking, for sure. But one of the things is, they never made any comments to the press. The family didn't? No. Interesting. No. Um, they would kind of like, nope, nope, no comment. Um, which, you know, typically, and we've seen this quite a lot, when... Kids are missing. Parents are usually pretty vocal about, right. you know, please yeah. find my kids or, you know, whatever. Get it out there. This is a picture. This is what she looks like. But they were very tight-lipped, and it could have, again, had to do with his job. Very, very likely. Yeah. Um, so by midweek, um, she had gone missing on a Sunday. So this was, like, around Wednesday. Um, they actually called off the ground search but continued the aerial operations. I mean, yeah, after a week, you've probably covered all the ground you're going to be able to cover. I think they felt like they had kind of gone over that. Yeah. Um, So on August 22nd, Mary's body was found around 
hoping that wasn't going to happen. I know. Mary's body was found around 1 p.m. underneath hay in an abandoned barn in Kennebunk, Maine. Um, so this was, you know, some miles away. Um, yeah. This was more inland. Okay. There was um, a, like, lake nearby, but this was a bit away from the beach. This was actually more of a wooded area. Um her body was found to be in advanced stages of decomposition. Um, so she was driven, her body was driven several hours away for autopsy. They discovered that she had been strangled with a rope um, that had been tied across her neck four different times. And the type of like rope was called lobster warp. Oh. And this is what like a fisherman who catches lobsters would use. Okay. You know? So someone very, um, it's kind of very specific. Yeah, I mean, it's not something that most people, I mean, I wouldn't think just your average Joe it's would not have it. just sitting in my garage, you no. know, like, I just don't, right. I'm just like, let me just, let me just grab some lobster warp, like, I don't, I don't have that. Um, but, th- I mean, that again could be very common for people who live on a coastal, yeah, a coastal I mean, area. like, here it's super common to have, you know, other types of, you know, like, farm equipment or... I don't have any of that. You don't have any of that? No. We oh. have we have lots of farm equipment. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I live in the suburbs. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I live on a farm. Yeah, no. <laughs> I have those solar lights to light the pathway. Oh, same. Yeah. And my back stairs, the super scary back stairs. Yes, they do scare me. Yeah, they, yeah. there's lights now. Oh, whew. so you have to come down in the dark. I like that that's good. That's helpful. <laughs> I'll remember that this summer when, yeah, you know, I don't yeah. want to die. <laughs> All right. So that's what they discovered. Um, They also, she was still fully clothed when they found her, so they didn't think um, that there had been any kind of sexual assault. But again, a lot of it was hard to tell because of the decomp. So they're thinking she was probably murdered as soon as she was picked up. Yeah, pretty much. Like, almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, that's a high, what is it? It's a crazy statistic of, like, kids that are abducted, like, how many die within the first 24 hours. Like, if they're not oh, it's, within 24 hours. Yeah, like it's, it's, like, astronomical. Yeah, yeah. chance of But, I mean, then you down. have those really weird cases, like J.C. Dugard, who was found 18 years later. Right, like, Elizabeth I'm, Smart. Yeah. You've got your, just, like, those crazy off-the-wall cases. Yeah, where they're, like, found all this time later, you know. So, I mean, I think for the parents, probably never giving up hope, you yeah. know, until, like, something like this happens till you do find them, you know. Right. Um, so I want to go back a little because the police ended up talking to a 16 year old boy. His name was Bob Walsh. And he states that on August 9th, that's the day that she went missing, um, that he and his friend were out fishing, um, on the lake that was kind of near that barn. And he says that they were fishing for striped bass, which was very common in this area. And Mm -hmm. they actually called them stripers. Um, and... They were walking back. Now, this was pretty late at night. Yeah. Um, so they were walking back towards that barn, that same barn, when they heard rustling in the woods. And they just thought it was a deer because that wasn't yeah, uncommon. I mean, I mean raccoon or possum right, or something. Or, yeah. And I mean, this was August, so it's not like the wind is really blowing. So maybe, yeah, they were just thinking like, yeah, some kind of animal. They just sort of blew it off. So they went into the barn and they actually dumped off their fishing equipment. Um, 
and they went to the local hotel that they were staying at and they jumped in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, I guess like get all the fish guts off. Yeah, just Ew, jump nasty. in the pool. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so as they were, you know, hanging out in the pool, this was 2 a.m. Okay, I they, mean teenage boys. They're teenage boys, exactly, yeah. exactly. They hear a car um, like start up and like quickly drive away, which they thought was odd because this was more of a desolate area. Like this really wasn't where a lot of the vacationers were. Right. Um, and so they found this kind of strange. They really thought that they were like the only ones up. Yeah. So that was well, odd. Like to two them. in the morning. Yeah, two in the morning, and it's kind of like, what in the world? They heard this rustling. Now they hear this car. You know, they just find it kind of strange. But nonetheless, so during this time, um, over the next couple of days, the boys kind of go back and forth to this barn, um, you know, to collect their stuff. And at one point, Bob says, I smelled this like horrible, putrid, like horrific smell. He was like, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't know really what it was. Now, this land um, was owned, this was actually an estate owned by a particular family. And the family had reported that the barn door was had been open and they really never left it open and they thought that was kind of strange. And so they actually called to see if the police would come just check it out. Yeah. Um, and a policeman came. What? Right, to check it out. And he noticed the horrific smell, but he also saw like bird or chicken feathers or you know some kind of pheasant feathers everywhere and he was like oh some animal just died here i mean i'll give him credit because i think i've talked about it before i grew up on a farm i have smelled dead animals like possums groundhogs a kid and we had one halloween we had a cow die Mm. which is it's a big animal that's like a ton they weigh like a ton. They're huge. Oh, yeah. And usually you take them off, you know, to be... I think usually they actually go to the landfill, um, which is, you know, kind of oh, gross. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I mean, what else are you going to do with a dead cow carcass? Yeah. I mean, you can't do something with that. You can't just leave it there. True. But it was over... I think it was like over a weekend or something, and it wasn't open. So it sat and just like... It was... Luckily, it was colder. Yeah. It was like October. Yeah. But even just like a day... Mm. The smell was so bad. Do you imagine in the summer? The summer, I mean, oh. well, I was ready to like vomit, and I could smell it for like across the field. I could smell mm. it. It was that bad. Oh, and if the wind blew! Oh, oh. my god, that would be horrible. I'm vomiting over here. Blah, blah, blah. So, um, he, like I said, he just thought that it was some kind of bird or something, and yeah. he just kind of blew it off yeah. and was like, "Well, I didn't see anything." So they actually asked Bob Walsh, the 16-year-old boy, to write down a timeline of where he had been on August 9th and 10th, which he did. Now, oddly enough, a Bible was found in that barn. Now, this Bible was one of those, like, Gideon Bibles that you find in a hotel, you know. um, Oh, like in the drawer? In the drawer, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of these Bibles just so happened to be missing from one of the hotel rooms in the hotel where Bob Walsh and his family was staying. So they, you know, not necessarily the police, um, because 
were connecting him because he couldn't even drive. Like, he didn't have a maroon car. Right. He didn't even have a license. Right. Um, but the public was, like, apt to convict him. Even though the police never did. Right. You know. So, this poor kid, by the time he goes back to school um, in the fall, he gets the nickname Killer Bob. What? Yeah. Loses girlfriends. Like, and prior to this, and he was going into his senior year. So prior to this, he had been like, you know, kind of a big deal at the school, you know, really, um, you know, people really liked him. And now all of a sudden, no one would speak to him. He like lost his friends. Can you imagine how horrible? he was really in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. That's sad. Definitely. Definitely. Um, And... He currently still lives in and around that area um, and runs a catering business. So, okay. Yeah. So Bob's still alive. And Good for Bob. I, yeah. And Bob's doing well, which I'm happy for Good. Bob. Good. So I want to skip to um, that they were never able to find this person. I mean, I think they were searching. They were searching for, you know, this maroon Chevy, but they were just never able to find anything or any extra evidence. So that has got to kill the family. Um, So this case goes cold until March of 1981. Now, um, child killer Charles E. Pierce um, had been arrested, and he admitted to killing many children all the way back, even into the 50s. What? Yes. Um, and he says that he killed Mary Catherine. Okay. However, he was never charged, and there was really no evidence to support that he was even in the area. Right. So that, they kind of just blew off. Yeah. Um, so Mary's dad, who was the Brigadier General, he actually retired um, from the government in 1975, but continued to work um, national security. He did consulting work. Like, he just kind of kept continued working. Um, in 1996, they set up the Mary Catherine Olinchuk um, endowment to actually help students with tuition assistance. Um, this was the Sacred Heart student. Um, so they wanted to help other children within her name, which I thought was really nice. Um, her mother passed away um, in 1998, um, in and around the anniversary of the time that she went missing. Um, she was 73 years old, and she died due to a brain tumor. Maybe and she then, got some answers. I hope so. And then her dad passed away October 6th of 2000. Um, and she had been buried um, in Maine, but they ended up um, burying her with her parents at Arlington National Cemetery. That's sweet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's still, there aren't any answers to this. And her sisters are still alive. This okay. is Jane and Nancy. Yeah. And... They are still looking for answers. This is actually the oldest cold case in Maine. Wow. Yeah. And 1970, I mean, we're talking 51 years. Almost 51 years. Yeah. She would be 64 years old. Wow. So, for this family, like, if you know anything, you know, please, please call the, um, Kenny Bunkport, um, police, um, the, you know, Algonquin police, you know, just let them know, like, give this family some peace. Yeah. I just can't even imagine. I know. And it's one of those, like, somebody knows something somewhere. Yes. Because nothing like this happens in complete isolation. No. And someone who did this had to talk. 
had to yeah. tell someone somewhere somehow. Yeah. You know. Yep. I just I have a hard time believing that nobody knows. Anything. And I always like my always my my deep wish is that if someone's on their deathbed and they know that they're I facing know. the end, that they would just admit it. Yeah. You know. I don't know. What a bummer. <sighs> I'm sorry yeah. to like bring the mood down. That one bummed me out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, I know. I think, you know, it's just hard because she was so young and just innocent. Like, what the heck? Jeez. But in the end, they really didn't think it was related at all to her dad's job. I'm sure that that brought him some peace. Yeah. Too, to know that. Well, I mean, I hope they all got answers. I hope so, too. And, you know, I I just like to believe that in the end, they're all together. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We'll, we'll carry that with us. <laughs> exactly. It'll give us peace of mind yeah, as we right? do this job. Yeah. So that's my story. What a what a tale that was. I know, wasn't it though? Yeah. You're welcome. You got a got a location? I do have a location. I am so glad you asked that, Haley. <laughs> location. Location. <laughs> I actually just almost pulled up my Sudoku. We don't need Sudoku. Although I love it. You do love Sudoku. <sighs> God, love a good Sudoku. All right, everybody. So I want to give a big old shout out to Centennial, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. We love it. We've kind of made our way, um, you know, out west, Midwest. Yeah. You know, I just really appreciate it. Colorado is gorgeous. Never been. Mm. I want to. Beautiful, beautiful area. So. <laughs> anyway, we should go. We should. Are you a skier? Have you ever gone skiing? No, I'm too. I'm too clumsy. I am too. Um, my boss actually told me it's easy. It's just if you can walk, you can Listen, ski. Listen, we can go and stay in one of the like ski lodges, mm-hmm. but not actually ski. I'm down for that. Let's go to like, Breckenridge. See the sights. Sit there with our coffee and a good book. Hit the spa. What are we waiting for? Why are we not doing this? I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I would love to be able to ski or, like, snowboard or anything like that. I think it's super cool. I would break a leg. They say that skiing is much easier than snowboarding. So, my brother snowboards. He Hmm. doesn't ski. But I am too. I will be in an, an ER. That's how that. I will be in a end. complete body cast. <laughs> I will have broken something. Someone Probably will be have feeding broken me. everything. Yeah, it will just be very bad. Yeah. Oh, we could podcast from the hospital. <gasps> from our joint room. <laughs> I'm Holly. I'm Haley, and this is oh. <laughs> you know, um, that'd be an interesting episode. Or it'd be really fun because we'd be on like the good drugs. <gasps> oh, yeah. Haley would be like, "I love you the most." <laughs> I do get really sappy. No drugs. I don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but anytime I'm um, intoxicated on the alcohol, <laughs> get real sappy. The alcohol. Oh, <laughs> real sappy. Funny. I also flee the area. I'm really bad. I need to like the. What is it? The child leashes that they have. <gasps> yes. Backpack. The little, the cute little backpack. Yeah, I need one of those. Okay. I'm not to be trusted in public. <laughs> I will get you the cute little backpack. It'll be so sweet. Usually, you're kind of the mother hen. Who I am. Cares I for feed the rest of us. Do take care of everyone else. You know, prior prior to me having my my child, um, I think you know we had had um, times where we got out and. Whew, 
goodness. Yeah. It's kind of fun to see some of your friends in um, different Various states. states. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. Consciousness. You know, and, you know, you've got those friends who are like, you guys are the best. And then you've got your friends who um, are just, <laughs> you've got your wanderers who will not stay in one place. Guilty. Um, and you've got me who's just silly and um, funny. funny and handsy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit. Little That's bit. all right. Anyway. <sighs> wow. This took a... Fortunately, it took a lighter turn it toward did. the end. Thank that's God. that's better. But Thank you know, God. just just to clarify, this is not our daily lives. Um, no. And you know, now that I'm totally grown up, and I I totally grown up. I'm pretty old, but um, and I have a little child. You know. Yeah. I'm very responsible. Very responsible mom. I'm very responsible mom. Yep. Drinking that coffee. We're I'm like we're in bed by ten, so this is late. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Haley was text, just yawning and I felt yeah, super guilty. Yeah, I don't text Tali after. It was like our group chat with our um, our other friend doesn't is not active after 9 p.m. Well, she is also, God bless our other friend, is also an early to bed. Yes. So we just know. Yeah. Like, that you group know. chat does not come on until if after 9. <laughs> we hear from our friend that late something... Something's Something going down. Something horrific has happened. Yes. Something is bad. <laughs> you need to answer the phone immediately. Exactly. We may need to get in a car and exactly. go somewhere. Like, it's going to be a thing. Exactly. Yeah. So. All right, you guys. Uh, Haley, we're on the precipice of episode 28. We sure are. What's going to happen? So, this one is going to be a little bit different. Um, this is a pretty recent case. It was a murder up on the Appalachian Trail. But... We're actually going to get to dive into this person's like early history and take a deep dive into some mental health and oh, I love that fun stuff like that. We're actually going to be on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, yeah. So people aren't like they call themselves Appalachia, but WTF? They're always like at the beach <laughs> or in Asheville. Right, right. But anyway. we'll be on the trail next week. Ooh, can't wait. Good time. All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful week. Stay sober. Stay sober, get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Keep wearing your masks even if you're vaccinated. Yep. PSA. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shoot us an email. Yeah. Do that. How do they do that? They can do that by going to mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia or find us on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachia. And, you know, don't make eye contact with any creepy dolls. No creepy dolls. Keep your apartment ghosts under control. Yeah. It's your PSA. It's your PSA for the week. All right. Have a great week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.